dudes! Welcome to another episode of Grumpy Old Game Men and Their Dogs. It is day 208 here in the Zen Room, episode 46. My name is Patrick Finn, and I am here with the cantankerous Tommy Gibbons. Hello, bitches. <laughs> and as you can tell, he truly is cantankerous it tonight. Was- the day, the day. Yes, the we're day. not even going to ask you how are you. Don't even we do that. No. Explain to me the Hey Dude intro. Because <laughs> that threw me, I gotta say. I know, I just want to keep things, you know. Moving. Yeah, and different. lively and different and keep people on their toes. Okay. Is that okay with you? It's, uh, you know, I'm not on my toes, so I don't care. <laughs> so it's fine with me. Okay. Did you have a nice weekend at least, Thomas? Um, I had a lovely lunch yesterday. Oh, cool. Who with? Michelle. Lovely. She said she wants to meet you. Oh, cool. I corrected her. <laughs> Thanks a lot, you fuck. She has enough middle-aged doughy Irishman in her life. She doesn't need another one. One so, more can hurt. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, we, you know, you don't, you don't do that. And and now I'm finding that uh, my friends who have children, mm-hmm. especially my friends who have multiple children, most of those children are now very near. Well, at least they're all self dependent. If they're not off to college, if they're not, you know, doing a job, they right. don't need to be driven around everywhere. They don't need to be cared for like okay. they used to as kids. Like yeah. a teenager comes and goes. So they're now having teenage kids in this time. They have time in the afternoon sometimes. She's a teacher, right. so she doesn't always have that. Kid. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, it was fun. It was nice. Oh, cool. Nice. We went to a cast party this weekend. Was it a cast you were in? No, it was for Stephen, actually. He was in the cast of Murder on the Orient Express earlier this year. Okay. And and then they finally had the cast party this weekend. Okay. And it was at this woman's uh, named Jill who had a lovely home. I think it's up in Dix Hills area. Oh, pretty up there. Gorgeous home. Had this beautiful dog named Bella that I fell in love with and of course was playing with during most of the party. What kind of dog? I don't know. It's a big white one. <laughs> That's all I can tell you. I don't know what kind of dog it was. Fluffy? So. Not fluffy. No, no. Very short hair kind of. White. White though. And affectionate and loving and wants to play all night long. What were the ears like? Oh, she's kind of like short and back. Not floppy. Not floppy, no. Okay. Tall? Yeah, tall dog, yeah. Okay. Like Labrador size, but no, not a Labrador. The ears are throwing me. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's fun when that, when a party has a dog. <laughs> yes, it is. Which leads us into our first segment tonight, which is heavy petting. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> and tonight, of course, talking about dogs at parties, tonight's topic is dogs at parties. Dogs at parties. This is a good topic. I thought so, there's too. One, there's not one comp- answer that covers everything. There's, no, there isn't. There's a depends on the dog. Do you bring your dogs to parties or to social occasions? Do I bring Louie to places? Yeah. Louie doesn't get invited to places. <laughs> I, um, I don't get invited to places. So, no, that's not true. I do get invited. Okay. Usually they're on weekends, and that's when I work. Well, no. you have social occasions at home, right? Where, no. pl- oh, no, into, no, that, where people come over, family come over. Occasionally, yes. Louie needs Louis needs five to seven minutes of complete crazy, uh, like being excited. Right. <laughs> okay. And then he will chill out and, and, and lay around, and he'll bite, he'll chew his bone, and he'll just lay there. He follows you around for the food. Yeah, he, but he's not a nuisance after the first couple of minutes. Okay. And then it's just excitement. It's not like it's angry, snarling, protection type stuff. Right. It's the excitement of other people. Blessing, with Abigail here at home, she lo- 
She loves having people. She's a people dog. And she's great. I think there was maybe one party we had to like, well, not really punish her. It was uh, <coughs> Thanksgiving and we had a cheese board out. Oh, yeah. And we had a roll, like one of those cheese rolls or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden we're busy talking. All of a sudden we see Abigail go running by. She has the, the cheese roll. roll in her mouth. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That was like the first and only time she's done something like that. Well, that's the last opportunity she had. But she'd do it again. <laughs> yes, she would. Oh, she most definitely would if she could. Yeah. But we are, we're very careful about her not getting any human food. Well, that's a, that's a problem. Well, that's a problem with parties when anyway. people come over and they're like, Oh, here, doggy, here, have a little bit of yeah. pizza. It's like, no, don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of Stephen's uh, sisters is great for that. I know she people like, who have been like and that. And that's like, don't do that. We don't feed her human food at all, yeah. you know? But we don't bring her to other people's homes generally, um, you know, especially if they have other dogs there. Like, he, like we're going away this weekend, and the host uh, told us, you know, bring Abigail. We're having two other dogs here. We're like, no, nah, we're going to leave Abigail here at home. She's not a dog person. She does not get along with other dogs. Oh, okay. Yeah, so she's going to stay here. Price I will... would totally jump on that. What do you mean? I would totally take Louie. I would love to br- I would love to bring her but I don't want her when we brought her to Steven's brother's house I think it was last summer and they had just gotten a dog a big puppy and she was basically at our feet the whole time exactly. and nervous and while watching this other dog and, he, and of course if the dog came here she would snarl and you know, bark. So we know better not to bring her to other people's homes where there are going to be other dogs, okay. you know? I wish we could, but... She's a bitch. Yeah. Can't, you, she can't be trusted. <laughs> no. no. No, she's not even here. She's not even here. She left us. Uh, yeah, no. Louis, but I, I know people who have dogs that they have to put behind a, a closed door because yes. they're not nice to people or they're, for whatever reason, they're stressed out. They don't like the people. Yeah. Or, uh, they I've have seen to be that. Or because your human guest is terrified of allergic whatever to the dog and you have to put the dog away because people have to put their cats away if i'm coming over oh okay well you don't like I cats because no, you're no, allergic i'm fine with cats i got 10 minutes 20 minutes tops before i become remember that pussing mess i was at, oh at yes 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 okay that ha- that i have 20 minutes okay tops before that happens to me so i can't oh, I, no. I can't be in yeah uh cats have to go away. i don't know but sometimes like a lot of times when i go to parties sometimes a dog is the one i socialize with the most <laughs> <laughs> a whole I just I, cause I just love dogs and I'm sorry you get a dog and it keeps coming up to me I'm gonna be hanging out with the dog yeah there's, you know? there's one dog that I have not been able to crack really yeah my niece's dog Katie who is a very sweet dog okay they call her the Franken dog because she is the ugliest Aww. dog oh she's just awful she is she is <laughs> She's that awkward, awful, fat little sister. But she's very, she's very uh, tentative around men. Okay. And, you know, you see me, I grab Abigail's head. That's the way I go, I go yep. with a dog a little right. more. So, um, you know, I, I, we've been, last time I was with her, she let me pet her. She, you know, it's, it's happening. But she's the only dog I couldn't break first try. Okay. <laughs> you know, I just, because I, I, I get right down to them. Yeah. Yeah. I, as soon as a dog, as soon as I go to someone's house, I see a dog, I'm like, let me see you come over here. Yeah, yeah. You know? I just, I, yeah, I can't get enough of a dog. Which is why I looked puffy and pouty at, in that picture at Ernie's house, at Sonny's house. Okay. That Christmas was because of 
the pug. I can't be around ch- fur. Is my thing. The fur, the fur, okay. Fur. So I have to have a long hair. I have to. Have, I have it has to be a dog with hair, not fur. Yeah. Fur. So what are they? Sonny's dog. The it's French the bulldogs. uh the uh yeah the uh the French bulldog. French bulldog. Yeah. yeah. The, the fur. It was so I, yeah, that sucks with the fur. So thank God you don't have that problem here with Abigail. She has hair. Yes. <laughs> yes, she does. But I think we're pretty much done with this segment. Before we go on to our next segment, I wanted to bring up, we should have a segment for, for this now called Weird News. Because this, this came out today, and I just like, oh, I got to bring this up. Of course, it involves a Florida man. Okay, good. <laughs> a man from Ocala uh, named Corey Johnson, 29 years old, was arrested on Friday afternoon for driving a stolen truck to the Patrick Space Force Base in Brevard County on a mission from the president. Okay. He told deputies that the president of the United States told him in his head that he needed to take the vehicle and drive to the base to tell the government that there were aliens fighting Chinese dragons. Were they fight? Okay, wait. In outer space, of course. In the- okay, so, okay, what was in the truck? Nothing. The truck was empty. No, he just went on this mission for the president of the United States. Okay. <laughs> so And he man- went to the Space Force base. Yeah, okay, this, this, this man needs help, you know. <laughs> You think? He, he does. I hope he gets it. You Only don't Florida. believe that there are aliens fighting Chinese dragons somewhere? I got nothing in there that I believe <laughs> at all. <laughs> nothing? The not one? Or Chinese Chinese dragons? Well, the part about hearing the president of the United States in his head? Well, that's how you know that the man needs, you know, a hundred, an, an extra 50 milligrams. <laughs> or at all, like, to even start, like... <laughs> That, that, okay. But I just, I had to share that story. I love stories like that. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be that first cop who's like, oh, fuck. Right? Like, oh my God, call the hospital. The first guy we got another him. one. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Florida. Right? We now move on to our next segment. Happy birthday. Many happy returns. Uh, A very happy birthday. Very happy. A very happy. A very happy birthday. <laughs> Yes, it's today's birthdays. Who are they? They're both alive, though they're both very old. Okay. First one, he was born today, July 27th, 1922, born and raised in Connecticut, the son of a traveling salesman who later went to jail for selling fake bonds. This person then served in the Air Force in World War II as a radio operator and a gunner flying 52 missions. In the 1950s, he and his cousin's husband... Norman Lear. Norman Lear is correct. Wow, that was good. I had NPR on. Ah, so you knew it was Norman Lear's birthday. I knew it was Norman Lear's birthday. But in the 1950s, he and his cousin's husband began submitting comedy sketches for various TV shows, and they were soon hired to write material for Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis on the Colgate Comedy Hour. Okay. In 1959, Lear created his first television series, a half an hour western called The Deputy, starring Henry Fonda. Oh, wait, that's a lot of, Henry Fonda's a lot of everything back R- then. Right, exactly. That's a, that's For a, a TV show that's pilot, a game, right, you right. know? Yeah. Damn right. That's pretty damn good, I yeah. think. All right. uh, in 1971, he directed and co-wrote the film Cold Turkey, starring Dick Van Dyke. Have you ever seen that film? I think I have. About the town that all agrees to quit smoking quit and return this yeah. tobacco company will give them 20 25 million dollars. All right. And, what and hijinks ensue. Hi, yeah, okay. <laughs> Do they all nick out and like 
Start. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> they start to lose their minds. Uh, okay. A very funny movie. But also on July on January twelfth of nineteen, 19- he wrote that movie. He co-wrote it he with co-wrote someone it. else. Yes, and uh, then start, directed it. Starring Dick Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. Hot on the heels of Henry Fonda. Yes, pick it up. But then on January twenty, uh, I'm sorry, January twelfth of nineteen seventy one, this television series premiered after its third pilot was made called All in the Family. My favorite. Probably my favorite TV show ever. Probably my favorite comedy TV show, definitely. Yeah. It's just, it's classic, it's memorable, it's, um, it's, it's, it's just great. It really is. I, That's, I grew up with that show, you know, with my family. I remember sitting home Saturday nights with my family, watching All in the Family right. every time. There was a couple that used to visit my mother. Okay, they were friends of my parents somehow, and whenever, they always seemed to come over when Archie, when Archie and Edith were sitting at the piano. Like, this is how primal this man. This goes back to, like, my version of a, of a, of a root brain or a amphibious brain. Right. Uh, and they always came over when Archie and Edith were sitting at the piano. So to them, to me, I made the people who were visiting the same as Archie and Edith. Okay. It's a connection only one person on Earth could ever make. Like, <laughs> it happened at that specific... Uh, yeah. Well, I was like, my brother and I, my brothers and I, we used to call my parents Archie and Edith yeah. because they were Archie and Edith. Well, that's the thing. You could, <laughs> if you called somebody Archie, everybody knew what you meant. Yeah. They became part of the lexicon. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And they, that, uh, they, they may not be anymore. I don't think the kids know who they. Who no, they, they don't know who they, you know, they are anymore. They don't have the same. They don't have the same relevance to today's culture anymore. I'd love to. I'd love to. That's interesting. I'd love to show some. I'd love to show a group of kids a bunch of episodes. And episodes. See what they think. You know. You know? Exactly. Especially some of the ones that like take that are more historically dated, like when they argued about the Vietnam War and things like that. Uh, any, any, or all the race issues. The issues. That's that's what it is. You know? Like, yeah, to hear the language. Yeah, because yeah. Because the things that they said on that show, they could not do on a TV comedy anymore. You could never get that show no, made. You could yeah, because Archie was a bigoted character. That was the whole premise of his character, that he was a bigot. Saturday night, eight o'clock. Like it was on prime yeah, time television. Exactly. Was, exactly. You had everybody watching. all the family. Mary Tyler Moore, right. the Bob Newhart show. Yeah, Mary Tyler Moore was bad enough. And then I think it was the Cal Burnett show, and I think there was a Julie Andrews show on for a while. Right. <laughs> but that was Saturday night. It was a great night for TV. All right, so what else did he do? But Norman Lear, he also produced the shows Sanford and Son. Okay. Maud. Which came out of All in the Family. Which came out of All in the Family. Good Times, which came out of Maud. Maud. The Jeffersons, which Which came came out out of All in the the Family. family. (laughs) He also did a show, didn't run long, called The Hot L Baltimore. Okay. It was an adaptation of the play, play. which I actually enjoyed. Conchetta Farrell was in the, uh, she was in the show, she played one of the hookers. Okay. okay. Yeah, it was good. I liked it, but didn't last. He also produced One Day at a Time. He also produced Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. My which I, oh my god, that show. I I was too young. Yeah, that was yeah, you were probably too young to appreciate no, it. No, I was too young to know that I was being told to go away and not watch this. <laughs> well, it was just like off the wall soap opera. That's what right. basically was a soap was opera a soap parody. Opera. And it was just totally off the wall. Louise Lasser starred in it as Mary Hartman. Right. And out of that you get your Bensons and your 
Well, not only that, you got you had the show Fernwood Tonight spun off from that, which starred uh, Fred Willard and uh, what's his name, he, uh, Martin Mull. Don't know. There's when he hosts a talk show that takes place in Fernwood, the town where Mary Hartman Mary Hartman takes place. Okay. And then later, the show became bigger, and they called it America Tonight. Okay. And it was it was like a parody of a late night show. You know, That's it awesome. was great. And his last, he produced a bunch of other shows all these years. His last production was a 2017 remake of One Day at a time. Okay. I believe that Rita Moreno was in it, actually. Right. They, uh, yeah, that was what the uh, NPR interview was about. Okay. Really? Okay. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Ah. Well, you were in the cards. Seven o'clock on uh, you were here. Uh, okay, but he was also very politically active. In 1981, he founded the People for the American Way in reaction to the politics of the Christian right. The group was instrumental in opposing President Reagan's nomination of Robert Bork to the Supreme Court in 1987. Why? What do you mean why? Why? What the hell is wrong with Bork? Robert Bork? I don't know who you're talking about. He was an arch conservative with some pretty radical, or considered radical views of constitutional law. Okay. So he was... I... Ooh, I did not know that off the top of my head. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, you know. But yeah, that's who Robert Bork was. They, 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 they had the phrase for a while, getting Borked, because of the pile-on that they did on him. But rightly so. He was considered a radical for his time. He never got on. No, he did not. I, I'm not sure if he withdrew if he withdrew the nomination or if Reagan did. I don't remember. So now. let me ask you a question. Yes. Outside of a few deeply disturbed uh, legal nerds... Yes... Are the rest of us expected to remember the names and the careers and the people who weren't nominated, who were told no one went away? Are we supposed to know who those people are? Because not necessarily. Ha- okay. But Robert Bork was one of the more significant ones. Okay, for him it was an uproar. Yeah, because basically, was, it was basically from there on in that the Supreme Court hearings became very partisan affairs. You get your Clarence Thomases. Exactly. Okay. Everything that's been going on in the past, justices okay. who have been nominated over the past couple of years. Ever since. Yep. So they they become really partisan affairs well, since Bork. His name was Bork? Robert Bork. B-O-R-K. B-O-R-K. Like the sound of bird Bork. makes. Bork! Bork! Yeah. Bork! 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 But anyway, getting back to Norman Lear, in 2001... It's his birthday today. Yes, that's why we're talking about him. Okay, okay good. Good, good. <laughs> in 2001, he bought one of the first published copies of the Declaration of Independence and arranged for it to be toured across the United States so that the country could experience, in his words, its birth certificate firsthand. Very nice of him. Right? Good for him. He was among the first seven television pioneers inducted into the Television Academy Hall of Fame in 1984. As it well should have been. He received five Emmy Awards, two, two in 1971, one in 1972, 1973, and 2019. Okay, he also won two Peabody Awards in 1977 and 2016. For the uh, that interests me because Peabody they sound snooty and sort of they're more they're related to journalism, right? And the First Amendment. And the, these awards were for his writing. I, I would assume so. Yes. Okay. Uh, in 1999, President Bill Clinton awarded the National Medal of Arts to well, here. By now, it's time. And he received the Kennedy Center Honors in 2017. They always happen together. And he is a hundred years old today. Today. So. To Norman Lear, we say... Happy birthday! 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. We now move on to our next birthday celebrant, also alive. But I'm not sure if you know him, you might recognize the name. Well, it depends. Was he not dismissed as from a nomination of the Supreme Court? No. I don't know. No, but he's not a politician. He's, a, he's actually a man of the cloth. Oh, much better chance I'll know him. <laughs> a gay man of the cloth. Okay. His name is Troy Perry, known as Reverend Troy Perry. Reverend Perry. He was born July 27th, 1940, in uh, Florida. His parents were bootleggers. His father died later uh, when he was 11 years old while running from the police. Okay. When his mother remarried, he was abused by his stepfather, so he ran away from home. He dropped out of high school. And at age 15, he became a licensed Baptist minister. When he expressed his attraction to men, his pastor told him he should get married. Oh. So he married a, a pastor's daughter in 1959. No. Had two sons and moved to Illinois. That's shady right there. He became a preacher at a Pentecostal church there, but was forced to leave the church when it became known he was having sex with men. He and his family moved to California where he became a pastor at another Pentecostal church, but after his wife found a copy of the book The Homosexual in America in his possession, she left him and later divorced him. He then left the church, worked at Sears until he was drafted into the army in 1965, where he served in Germany for two years. When he returned, he attempted suicide in 1968. He also watched the boyfriend get arrested at an infamous 1968 raid at a Los Angeles gay bar called The Patch. His boyfriend later told him that, quote, God doesn't care about us. So he was then inspired to begin a church for gay people. Okay. And in October 1968, he formed the Metropolitan Community Church with the first congregation consisting of 12 men and women gathered in his living room. In 1971, the church acquired its own building. Today, the church has over 43,000 members. He performed uh, what is described as the first public same-sex unions as early as 1968 and ordained women as pastors as early as 1972. In 1970, he and two friends founded Christopher Street West to hold the annual Pride Parade in Los Angeles. His mother became the first straight member of his church, and he later performed the wedding of his younger son, but he is estranged from his older son. He married his longtime partner, Philip Ray de Bleek, in 2003 in Toronto. He also planned the National March on Washington for Lesbian and Gay Rights in 1979, and he has been invited to speak n multiple times at the White House. Good for him. Right? 82 years old today. 82? Yep, still going Fuck strong. Man. So to the Reverend Troy Perry, we say... Yeah, for real. Right? I can't believe like that. I didn't know that. You didn't know any of that? I didn't know any of that. I've seen it in various gay history books that I've read. His name continually pops up. Go ahead. We're now ready to move on to our next segment. Which, of course, is Today in History. Sounds like you're going to read Dickens. <laughs> Well, today in history, in 1940, the Warner Brothers animated short premiered named A Wild Hair. Oh. Introducing a character named... Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny. Wait, 100 years ago? Uh, this was 1940, ago? so this is 82 years ago. 82 years ago, Bugs Bunny. Yep. Same as the other guy. Yep, yeah. He's as old as Reverend Troy Perry. <laughs> wow. Yep. And that's okay. a point in his very first cartoon was where he first saved his very famous tagline, What's Up, Doc? It was in the very first cartoon? Yep, his okay. very first one. 
And was he first his name Bugs? It. Yep, he was called Bugs Bunny back then. Okay. And they had Elmer Fudd was in the cartoon with him, of course. You can't have a Bugs without an Elmer Fudd. Of course yeah. not, right? Yeah. So, yes, today is, yeah, the first, yeah, the 82nd anniversary of Bugs Bunny. What a brilliant character yeah. Elmer I, Fudd is. As a kid, he was like, he's my first hero, you know? Elmer I Fudd? love Bugs Bunny. Oh, oh no. Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny, of course, but I'm talking about like, how funny a character Elmer Fudd Elmer is. Elmer Fudd is. <laughs> Like, what a take that is on who... It's so funny. Yes, it's it is. It's just so funny. <laughs> yeah, Elmer Fudd. And, the, like, who could play Elmer Fudd? Who could play live-action Elmer Fudd? Yeah. Uh, Ooh, I never me, thought about that. Live-action... Yeah, Don Knotts could have. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it's that. Mm-hmm. Don Knotts could, could could do that character. And actually, it was Don Knotts' birthday not too long ago. Wasn't it? Yeah. Not Harvey Corman, the other one. Tim Conway. Tim Conway. Oh? Tim Conway is Elmer Fudd. Oh, yes. Tim Conway definitely could have done Elmer Fudd. Now I have a focus for the rest of the night. But, yes. Yeah, so, happy anniversary to Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny. Goddamn. 82. And, yeah. And then, also today, on July 27th, 1974, the House Judiciary Committee voted 27 to 11 to to recommend the first article of impeachment against President Nixon for the charge of obstruction of justice. It alleged that the president had worked with subordinates to delay, impede, and obstruct the investigation into the Watergate break-in and to cover up, conceal, and protect those responsible and to conceal the existence and scope of other unlawful covert activities. Did he do it? Well, he was never tried for it, so. There was no trial. No, he Resigned after because the next over the next few days they adopted the other other articles of impeachment against him, which were abuse of power and contempt of Congress. And he said, "Fuck this, I'm out." He resigned. I believe it was on August 9th. He resigned. Okay. Yep. But uh, yeah, so yeah, that happened today. And to think what we're what we're in the midst of now makes Watergate look like a walk in the park. I was uh, listening to a podcast on the way home. Okay. And they were they were talking talking about the twenties. It's going to follow. It's going to follow a, um, shit. It's going to follow a thread. It's going to follow a theme. Okay. The whole, there'll be five or six about the 1920s. Okay. Then the new season will be four or six episodes about, pick a topic. It could be any, okay? Okay. Uh, All related by, I can't remember what. Okay. Bang. There was the wall. (laughs) What were we talking about? You were talking about, I was talking about the House Judiciary Committee. You were talking about something in the 1920s. Yes. The politics. Okay. What they're covering now is they're laying groundwork so they're giving me the politics at the time. Okay. Okay, so the politics at the time are exactly the same as they are right now. Right. It's it's the it's a fashion it, it's only Well, you had Warren Hardy in the beginning of the of, of the 20s and then you had the whole Teapot Dome scandal under him and then he's what followed by what Calvin Coolidge and Calvin Coolidge was pretty much, you know, hands off of everything and then I think that he was followed by what Herbert Hoover. Uh no, sorry. It's gone. <laughs> Okay, I can't help you then. It's gone. I have no idea what it was. All it was, right. Uh, so, something about the politics. You, what, 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 what was my cue for that rant? I don't. The House Judiciary Committee and the articles of impeachment against President Nixon. Okay. No, sorry, it's too far gone. Okay, you're totally, totally lost. On so, I'm, t- I'm gone. Sorry. We're now going to move on to our next segment. Then. What day is it? Could you please tell me? What day is it? I'm confused. Today is Parkman. today is <laughs> National. 
Creme Brulee Day. Oh, uh, that's well. Hold on, uh, milk and caramel. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah, it's, uh, it consists of it's a rich custard base topped with that's... a layer of caramelized sugar, uh, which is achieved by using a small propane torch. The earliest known reference to Creme Brulee appears in a French cookbook from 1691. It is also known as burnt cream, crema catalana, but it's in Spanish or made with milk, and also Trinity cream. It's known as. What's it supposed to be made with? If it's not milk. I, I, yeah, cream, but not milk, yeah. Okay. But yeah, today is National Creme Brulee. Have you ever made a creme brulee? I have not. No, no, I don't don't know if Stephen has. I'm sure sometime in his past life before me, he may have, but I don't recall him ever making a creme brulee. Yeah, I I don't like the idea of using construction equipment in the kitchen. Too much for you to handle. It's, it's, it's. I don't like it. Oh, okay. I, I don't know why. It's weird. It's weird. It, it's like, are you gonna do some welding after you give me my creme brulee? What the fuck? You have that machine in the house for? <laughs> Kind of thing for me. Okay. All right. Today is also, you'll like this day, National Scotch Day. Oh. Are you a scotch drinker? Uh, uh, no, I, I go more for bourbon. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't drink scotch. I don't drink any scotch, bourbon. I'm not into any of that, really. Yeah. Allison drinks scotch. But for those of you who don't know, scotch is Albert a... Drinks. Who drinks scotch? Halbert and Allison. Who are Albert and Allison? Halbert. Halbert? Halbert. Who are Halbert and Allison? <laughs> Halbert and Allison. Yeah. Yes. They drink scotch. Okay. All right. Who are Halbert and Allison? Okay, Allison is a friend you've, you've heard me speak of many times. Yes. Okay. But never in the context of Halbert. Okay, because because together they enjoy scotch a lot. Okay. So, and he's a mutual acquaintance of mine and Allison's. He's a dear man, and he enjoys... Oh, they're not a couple? They are not a couple. Okay. Does it sound like when you said Halbert and Allison that they were a couple? Okay, no. Okay. Uh, uh, no. Okay. They're they're they they're adults who became friends uh, through their children's activities. Okay. I think. Okay. And they're Scotch drinkers. They are Scotch drinkers. Halbert and Allison. Well, maybe they. Oh, I see how you thought. I meant it was the two of them, Halbert and Allison. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no. No. <laughs> Anyway, scotch, of course, is a malted whiskey or grain whiskey made in Scotland. The earliest record of it dates from 1494. They also believe that whiskey was actually introduced to Scotland from Ireland because there is evidence of Irish whiskey dating from 1405, whereas the earliest record of scotch is 1494. So actually it could be the Irish who are responsible for it. And the word whiskey comes from a Gaelic word, which means water of life. Nice. Right? Scotch became popular in Europe in the 1880s when there was a shortage of wine, brandy, and cognac caused by a parasitic insect in France. Oh, fuck. There are also the Scottish Whiskey Regulations, which define Scotch whiskey as whiskey that must be aged in oak barrels for at least three years, must comprise a minimum alcohol strength by volume of 80 proof, must contain no added substances other than water and plain caramel coloring, must be Produce at a distillery in Scotland from water and bolt and malted barley, to which only whole grains of other cereals may be added, all of which have been converted at that distillery to a fermentable substrate only by endogenous enzyme systems, whatever the fuck that means. Okay. And Sounds uh, like a recipe. Right? And of course it must be fermented at that distillery by adding yeast and then processed into a mash. There are five types of scotch. There is single grain, single malt, blended grain, blended malt, and blended scotch, which is a blend of grain and malt. 
malt. Wow. Do you know what the best-selling single malt scotch is in the world? I do not. It is Glenfiddich. Glenfiddich. Yes, I believe we have a bottle in our bar here at home. Oh, dear. I think it was a gift from someone. But as of 2020, there are 134 scotch whiskey distilleries operating in Scotland. Okay, so if it comes from Scotland, it can be called scotch. Yes. What happens? Can 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 America make scotch? Uh, no. Not America, according to these regulations. America can make whiskey. Mm-hmm. And when Americans make whiskey, they call it bourbon. Right. And rye. Right. Is rye... A yeah, whiskey? R- rye is a whiskey. I don't, I'm okay. not, it must come from... I'm I'm wondering about where it comes from. Maybe from the rye grass. Right, 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 right. right. Why I'm thinking maybe it's an American. Okay, thing. Yeah, maybe it is. I don't know. Should we look it up and find out? No, who cares? Oh, okay. Well, I figured you did since you asked. Well, where is rye from? Where is rye from? Rye. Rye. Let's look it up. Rye whiskey. Let's go to the Wayback Machine. I think it's like right next door to bourbon. <laughs> I do. Rye whiskey can refer to two different types of whiskey. Oh Jesus! American rye whiskey, which is similar to bourbon but must be distilled from at least 51% rye grain or Canadian whiskey which is also referred to as rye whiskey oh it may or may not actually include any rye grain in its production process okay. but yeah so it appears it is made here oh, interesting right North America yeah right oh uh, yeah so okay so there's no American scotch no is nope it? nope cannot be an American scotch Glenfiddich is a safe bet yep okay uh, what else that's about all there is that I have here on Whiskey is a lot, of, a lot of different things. You got to go. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So let's have a toast to National Scotch Day. National Scotch. Uh, <laughs> what do they say? Schlanter? Schlanter. Or is that? That's Irish. That's Irish. It'll do. They started it anyway. Exactly. All right. We now move on to our next segment, which is Turn Your Head and Cough. Oh, my God. The hell kind of cough was that? It was like a hamster trying to hold one back. Farted. Jesus. <laughs> what the fuck was that? Damn. Damn. Well, we got lots to report on today and turn your head and cough. Oh, good. The first is the latest monkey box update. This is insane. Yes, it is. The World Health Organization has now declared it a public health emergency. There are over 19,188 cases worldwide. The U.S. has the most, with 3,591 in 46 straight states, Washington, D.C., and Puerto Rico. New York State has 1,228 cases. 1,148 of those cases are in New York City. Nassau County here on Long Island has seven cases. Suffolk County has 17 cases. Of course, the majority of these cases are men who have had sex with men, but anyone can catch the virus. Which brings me on to my next point of news about it. Five days ago, the CDC identified two cases in children oh dear. for the first time. Yes. Oh, dear. They also found a case spotted in a pregnant woman, but the baby was delivered, and it appeared that uh, it did not contract the virus. Okay. So that's actually good news. That's interesting. In the meantime, the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, is now set to make monkeypox a nationally notifiable condition. What does which, that mean? Which would mean it would require the states to now share oh, oh. Uh, their surveillance data and their case numbers, uh, and they would have to report any confirmed case within 20 
24 hours of their learning of it. As of Wednesday, nearly 800,000 doses of the vaccine will soon be available for distribution. The U.S. has already distributed 310,000 doses of the two-shot Geneos, or Geneos vaccine, but clinics in San Francisco, New York, and other cities say they still don't have enough. That's what I'm saying. It seems like if you're going to call a public health emergency and you're going to send out 8,000 bottles of vaccine, what are you doing? I know. And Where's the, is the not vaccine only, so weird? Well, not only that, happen? the U.S. has also ordered 5 million more doses, but they're not even going to be arriving until sometime next year. So it's like... That's sketchy to me. That that whole thing, this, that sounds sketchy. Does it sound sketchy to you? I, I'm sorry. How fast did that COVID vaccine from, from you know, from the, the, the first time that went into the... Right. Well, I think they already had a monkeypox vaccine. It wasn't like they just developed one recently. Which is why if you already have... They just don't have a treatment for it for people who already get it. Okay. So you, that's why you want the vaccine to prevent people from exactly. getting it. And I, I'm surprised that that vaccine having already existed is... N- is a year what a year backlogged in delivery time well don't forget monkeypox was the virus was confined primarily to third world countries okay they never expected to have this breakout in Europe or the western countries you uh, know okay. so they were not prepared for this you know no one was prepared for an outbreak like this they thought they would contain it but they didn't contain it so now they're ordering all these hundreds of thousands of vaccines okay it just seems like it would be fair to just amp up. Like, what, what's the delay? Well, they have to manufacture them. There's only so many pharmaceutical factories that are making these, you know? That's right. Yeah, like, isn't it? I, it just seems to me like it's, if, in a public health emergency, you should be able to amp up the production of that stuff. You would think, but and don't, but don't forget, we're now a period of inflation. Everything's getting more expensive, including the ingredients to make these vaccines. And this is happening to brown people mostly, so we're not ready. No, well, the problem is is that the vaccine is happening primarily in Western countries. It's not happening in the third world countries now. to this extent. Right now, now. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. But historically, the monkeypox has been confined to... Third world countries. Exactly. So that's why we're not ready now. Yes. Because it wasn't about us. Of course. Okay. And now here we are. we got to wait a year for the vaccine. That doesn't make sense. Well, no. They've already said they, they are already going to be distributing 800,000 doses now across the United States. Okay. That doesn't seem like enough to me. Okay. For a public health emergency. Well, like I said, that's why they ordered five million more. Are you but they're get not one? going to. Be, I'm not planning to at this point. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm not planning to. There's only, like I said, there's only seven cases in Nassau County. I'm not going to go into a panic about this virus because I'm not going to be in any conditions, or I think where I'm going to be exposed to the virus. Okay. You know? I agree. I agree. I mean, very I'm not much running the same off position. to any. I'm not running off to any circuit parties. You know. Talking about that. <laughs> 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 I miss a stamp on my hand. Oh, the good old days, yeah. right? Yeah. Beer was cold and the boys were hot and Always. the other way around. Always. <laughs> <laughs> and if it, if it, uh, who can? <laughs> yeah. Meantime, we'll move on to a COVID update. Oh, okay, good. What's going on? Researchers at the School of Medicine at the University of Pennsylvania are working on a chewing gum that reduces the Omicron particles in saliva. A second experimental chewing gum made with bean powder instead of lettuce cells uh, not only traps the COVID particles, but also influenza strains. Other coronaviruses are cause common colds, and other oral viruses such as the human papilloma, m- m- papilloma virus and the herpes virus. All right, so 
Oh, I'm sorry. The, the stutter. I imagine 30 years from now, underneath. So I sort of lost my focus there for a second. <laughs> because I was playing it. Um, yeah. Scary. Because tell me to, where are we? <laughs> well, what this means is it'll reduce the chance of getting COVID through oral contact. And this is administered to the patient how? By chewing gum. Chewing gum. Yes. It's going to, is I chew some gum and it's going to. It'll reduce the, the Omicron particles. That's the thing. They still, they still have to determine whether it'll work against other COVID uh, coronavirus types as well. Because we know that Omicron is only one. One of many types. Yeah, yeah. But this is what they've been working on so far. That's that's pretty that's pretty good progress, I think. That's amazing. I've never right? heard of anything like that. Before. Yeah, yeah. Neither have I. Yeah, chew, chewing gum uh, to reduce a virus. It makes perfect sense, though. And then but, they discovered that it, it affects other viruses as well, it, which is great news. But it sounds more like it risks my chance of spreading it. It kills it or gets yes. rid of it in my mouth before I can speak and spit on exactly. it. Exactly. That's exactly it. All right. So that's great news. So go. Chewers only. Yep. Then there's some bad news. A study at the University of Birmingham found that long COVID symptoms now include hair loss oh. and sexual dysfunction. Okay. Yeah, that's not good. How did they find this out? Uh, I guess through a study probably of long-term COVID patients. I'll, they probably kept track of them over a period of time. It's been two years? Two years, three years? It started, years? what, in 2020? I mean, you, so, yeah, it's, we're going on... Th- It'll be three years, December of this year. It doesn't seem very long term. But that's long term enough to find that out. <laughs> I, well, yeah, it's never late. Right? <laughs> that right? kind of news is never it's late. All the more reason. Keep wearing those masks, people. I don't wear a mask. See, I still do. Steven still does. I know. I see you out in public. Yep. Going to the theaters, we are always wearing a mask. Yeah, Going to the yeah, market, we wear a mask. But then lastly, for the last part of this, we have some good news. New technology for performing what is known as the PCR COVID test, where normally you we get the results in like 24 hours right. with this new machine which they reduced the size of the machine to like 2 pounds and it gives results now in 23 minutes huh. this is according to a study performed jointly by Columbia University and Rover Diagnostics okay so that's good news that is good reducing news. the wait time get COVID results you get it right away right I'll so I'm not going to wait right. you know pick that's, up one on my way yeah okay. so that's, that's some fun, fantastic news yeah that's good news we now move on to our next segment, wherein we take a look into Dude. my briefs. It's good. It could use a little echo. A little echo, you think? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, today, Congressman Hank Johnson from Georgia introduced the Supreme Court Tenure Establishment and Retirement Modernization Act, or for the acronym TERM Act. Okay. This would establish term limits for Supreme Court justices while preserving constitutional protections for judicial independence and decision-making. Under this act, a new justice would take the bench every two years and spend eight years in active service. I'll say that again. Every two years you would automatically be getting a new justice appointed to the bench. By who? By the president under every, this. Every two years. And then the justices would serve for 18 years actively on the bench. Okay. After that, they'll still have senior status, but they will not participate in the hearing of cases unless the number of justices falls below nine. Okay. So that's the new act that's being proposed. It's being sponsored by Senator 
Senator Sheldon Whitehouse of Rhode Island in the U.S. Senate. Do, do you think there might be a... Uh, what's the appeal of that method? Is there... Is well, the people have been complaining about reforming the Supreme Court. I understand that. And so, among that has been about uh, putting on term limits. Right. So they figure this is a way of adding term limits, but still maintaining the integrity of the court. And also allowing each president to appoint at least two justices. I don't know that appointing justices should be considered a presidential perk. Well, it is. It's one of the powers. And uh, in, in that case, it's... He doesn't appoint. He nominates. Has to be approved by uh, by the of Senate. Of course. Of blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I, I'm like you. I never used to believe in term limits. Um, the Supreme Court is different, though. I don't like. I don't like the idea of. So I. So so. Well, look at this way: the justices now are on the bench for at least thirty years. Now they've been on there. Yes. Some probably close to forty. Last week you were talking about how the Constitution be, should be viewed as a living document, which is a, a judicial philosophy. But I think part of that then is is that you need to have fresh blood continually going on the court, so that we don't have people. Who are sitting up there in their late 70s and 80s with their, you know, firmly established ways and yes. views and not willing to change, whereas younger justices are more open to hearing both sides and everything. They're so, not as firmly established or hopefully not as firmly established in their in their judicial philosophy. So then, every two years, the president will just... Automatically appoint automatically one to the bench. Automatically appoint one to the bench. Yep. So what... And then everybody... Anybody who's serving over 18 years has to go? Yes. After 18 years, they're considered still a justice, but they no longer take part in the decision-making, so, unless the number of court uh, judges uh, falls below nine. Which might happen in the every two-year cycle. It could, it could possibly happen, yes. It could definitely, you know, because deaths occur as well. Okay, I'm interested. This is interesting to me. I, it's an interesting proposal. I'm it, not sure. It, it probably will not pass. I don't think you're ever going to get any kind of court reform. Well, not with this uh, the way the Senate is divided, 50-50. You're not going to get it. No. Now, when you need a two-thirds vote on major legislation like this all the time, no. it's not. It's not going to happen. But you know what? It's a good start. It's a good start. Well, somebody's thinking about it. Yep. You know, at, at least they're thinking about it. You know, mm. putting the Supreme Court on notice, which I uh, think is a good uh, thing. Is it a good thing? It's like is is not the Supreme Court the idea is to have these wizened old men with the experience and the intellect and the respect deserving of a lifelong term of service? Yes, but don't forget when the Constitution was written, a lifelong term meant you were probably dying sometime in your 40s or 50s. That's But most you of know? these guys lived how long? But the, the way the, the justices are living now, they're living into well, the late no, 70s, early 80s. About, I'm trying to make the comparison you were making. But I don't know. It's just, what, what is it supposed to be? It's the Supreme Court? I, I don't know. I, I'm not... I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I don't think I'm not crazy about term limiting them. I don't, I don't know. I I never used to believe in in term limit. And but then you never had a Supreme Court where a majority are seem to be following this dogmatic agenda, regardless of judicial precedent. I understand all the partisan reason why it's a good idea. What I'm saying is I don't understand. I, it never occurred to me. I'm I'm not talking about term. I'm talking about term limits for the president for the Congress. I'm not. I never considered term limits for the Supreme, Supreme Court. Court. Because this way they're supposed to be immune from political pressures and everything. That was the whole point of it. Right. And do, we don't want to do that anymore. We're just saying, well, it didn't work, so now you bitches have We're to We're just go. saying that, you know, that they want to have more of a turnover in the Supreme Court. Okay. So that we don't have one dominant judicial philosophy like we have right now. Is that the kind the of court. change that I'm thinking in my head, like uh, constitutionally? Like, is that, you have to legislate that, right? It's, you have it's, to, well, yeah, 
I mean, the Congress is allowed to set the rules for the Supreme Court. That's that's part of their powers. Okay. So they can logically do this. Interesting. Right? I don't know how I feel about that. Okay. I'm undecided. Well, I, I, say, I don't think the act's going to pass anyway, but like I said, it's a good start. And, and we got too many of them that have 15 years left. Yeah. And then, of course, in case you hadn't heard, Steve Bannon was convicted of two charges um, of contempt of Congress. This slimy piece of bastard. Yes, he is. A man is just... He uh, is yeah. just, like, shameless. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's, it's... And the real shame of it is that he only faces a minimum of, he could be serving as little as 30 days, 30 days. or a maximum of two years. It's the charge, he, it's it's his record now, you know what I mean? It's like, fuck you. But he's an, he's an aware that has a badge of honor now. Yes. You know? Yeah. He's just such a disgusting human being. He's a disgusting human being. What he's doing in Europe now is just out of hand. In Hungary, is that way? Well, not only Hungary, he has this whole thing now called the movement. And he's trying to right organize all these right-wing groups in all these European countries into, like, one functioning organization where they're all working together. Okay, like the clan. It, like the Nazis, you know, <laughs> yeah. just on a more national scale, on a more European scale. That's what he's working on right now. Okay. So that's even scarier. Now, hold on. Is that is that out and out based on religion, or is that... Oh, no, religion has nothing to do with so it. So this is a white race thing. Basically, yeah. Yeah, because he's, yeah, he, he's anti-Islam. That's, that's been established. You know, yeah, this is all about establishing... The white state. Yep. White Christian state. Yep. So they don't want the Jews. Oh, of course. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. The white Christian state. But that's all right, because we're going to get into this now in our, in our very next topic. I, I've been really... Which is... The Week in Fascism! And what a week it's been, because we're going to be talking about this topic that we just started, about Christian nationalism. Okay, here we go. Yeah, well, just to give you uh, some background to what's been said in the past week, there's, there was this conference this past weekend called, uh, being sponsored by a group called Turning Point USA, Okay, headed by suspicious. a 28-year-old man named Charlie Kirk. And basically, it's an advocacy group that promotes so-called conservative values at high schools and universities. Okay. I call it the equivalent of the Hitler Youth, but okay. uh, that's all of the story. Uh. But anyway, they had a conference this weekend, and at this conference, several people spoke. One of them, of course, was Representative Lauren Boebert of Colorado. You would expect her. Yep. And uh, she said that the church is supposed to direct the government. The government is not supposed yeah. to direct church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not how our founding fathers intended it. And I'm tired of this separation of church and state junk that's not in the Constitution. I love Lauren. She's so stupid. Then, of course, you have Congressman Mar uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. And she says, I'm a Christian. How many Christians do we have here? See, I call myself a Christian nationalist, and that's not a bad word. That's actually a good thing, right? I think that's what the Republican Party needs to be about. And then, at the same conference, you had former President Donald Trump saying, As long as we are confident and united, the tyrants we are fighting do not stand a chance. Because we are Americans, and Americans kneel to God, oh. and God alone. Uh, here it is. And then lastly, you have the uh, Republican nominee for governor of Pennsylvania, a guy named Doug Mastriano, who declared the separation of church and state a myth. So this is everyone saying, yeah, everyone's the Republican Party now is buying into this whole Christian nationalist thing. All right, so, if, so if that's where they settle, the white Christian nationalists, right? If they all settle in the Republican Party, and then you know a couple of dozen sane ones can come back out and, and be the if they go off and make 
make their own political third political party. Well, let's collect that all into this one party. Let them all be Republican. Yep. Okay. Well, let them all be Democrats. Let them all be independent. Whatever we call them as a group, I want them together. Well, that's what it looks like it's going. I mean, because this group is basically it's comprised mostly of evangelical Christians. They are part of the whole base of the Republican Party now. They are that whole this whole segment is now taking over the Republican Party on a state level and it's slowly making its way now on the federal level yeah. with people like Bobert and Green now I mean country's too damn big <laughs> it is. It's too damn big. But for those of you who don't know what Christian nationalism is, it's the belief that the U.S. was founded as a Christian nation, that the founding fathers were all Orthodox evangelical Christians, and that God has chosen the U.S. for a special role in history. They also believe in freedom of religion, but that Christianity should have a privileged position in the public square. They use theology to justify sexism and racism as a means to attain an ideal white Christian America. Amen. They ignore the historical fact that many of the founders were deists. Well, they ignore many facts. They create many facts. And I I just, I think it's good. They weren't the Christians that these people are today. They were far from it. Not, well, these people... These they people believed that in you just read about. The, the, the deists believed in nature's God. They didn't believe in this God of all this orthodoxy and... Uh, supernatural events doesn't matter I know but they're totally ignoring that you know but that's loud and it's in their face and it's talking to them and they're pissed and I don't know to me it's it's a good thing it's a a good thing to know who they are well uh, there was an article in uh, Salon.com written by a guy named uh, Nathaniel Manderson it was called Do Right Wing Evangelicals Really Want a Christian Nation? Hell No and he writes this at the end goes A Christian nation would hold that the entire society has responsibility for the elderly the sick, the disabled, and the poor. A Christian nation would grant amnesty to all those who have come to this country in hope of a better life. It would demand peace and extend mercy to all this country's enemies. It would demand equality in the education and justice systems and extend special care to those who are poor in spirit, those who mourn, those who are persecuted, and those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, as Jesus put it in his most famous sermon. Good for you to we, say Right? Good, good way. I, I, I quote that fully. He's like, that's a perfect way of saying it. Yeah, because these people aren't Christians; they're hypocrites. They're, whatever they want to call themselves, it doesn't matter. I'm predicting a split in the Republican Party. I'm predicting a split. Well, I think you're going to have the outliers like Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. I don't think and all that, the moderate Republicans of prior generations. Yes, I think there's more of them than they want us to believe. I think there are many who are hiding be behind the fact that they have an electorate that maybe likes Donald Trump. Well, no kidding. Or maybe, you know... It's their, they created the monster, and now they have to deal with the consequences of it. Well, we all have to deal with the consequences of it. It's just... Uh, but that more directly, so... Who's who's most... As Republicans. Uh, it's like, yeah, yes. you know? But I think there may be too many who feel like they have to kiss his ass. And the, they said it from the moment he... St- if you look at the... Oh, God. It's so frustratingly clear that it's what they said before he got uh, nominated. You know, when he threw his hat in and Joel, oh, they yeah. all said about him and then they all campaign, kissed his ass afterwards right now if he stops dead six noses or shoved up his ass look at uh, House, uh, House Minority Leader uh, Kevin McCarthy he condemned Trump for the insurrection and everything and then like three weeks later he's down in Mar-a-Lago kissing his ass yeah, yeah. you know that was obvious and that was public it was uh, embarrassing I bet yeah I mean yeah he's the most spineless feckless House member I've ever seen it's ridiculous yeah ridiculous it's ridiculous yeah 
But anyway, we're now going to move on to the talk of the corporate support for fascism in this country. Okay, this was new today, wasn't it? I I don't know. I read about this yesterday. But in the month of June, corporate trade groups and Fortune 500 companies donated more than $819,000 to the Republican members of Congress who voted against certifying the 2020 election results. That's according to a watchdog organization called Accountable.us, which attracts corporate which tracks corporate contributions to the so-called Sedition Caucus, the group of 147 Republican lawmakers who just hours after the attack on the Capitol voted to overturn the 2020 election results. But accounts also the, the group also shows that since January 6th of 2021, corporate trade organizations and political action committees of top individual companies have donated a total of $21.5 million to the Sedition Caucus members. It's too much money. It's among too the much donors, money. Among the donors, the National Beer Wholesalers Association Political Action Committee, the American Bankers Association PAC, Home Depot's PAC, the National Automobile Dealers Association PAC, Boeing's PAC, uh, who else? The National Cotton Council of America, uh, the regions, um, you see, the National Cattlemen's Beef Association PAC, Charter Communications, Verizon Communications. I'm already forgetting what topic The Snack right. Food Association PAC and the National Air Transportation Association PAC all donated to Republican election objectors. Objectors. Okay, so what do we do about that? I, I don't know, but it's just like, don't think that, that these corporations, yeah, I mean, some of them are standing up for, like, you know, gay rights and standing up for, like, women with the abortion, saying, we'll pay for your abortion travel. Well, the whole problem But is in the meantime, you're still people. supporting these fucking fascist Republicans. So what do you, how do you, how do you not support Boeing? Or how do you, from all, from that list, from that huge list, what, what do you do? I what don't do know. What do I do? I don't know. What are you going to do? I don't know. That's, that's, that's defeating. But it's just, I'm doing it to put the information out there. Yeah. That these corporations are not doing the country any favors by supporting these fuckheads. You know? It's a, what's what's a government led by a corporate, by a corporate, is there such a thing? It's uh, Yes, it is. There is a, there is a word for it. I, I'm, I'm totally blanking on it right now. Because <laughs> we're talking about, we, we could call it an oligarchy here yeah. to a certain degree, but it, it's. Uh, well, it would be an oligarchy because it would be all the rich bastards who control everything, you know? Exa- exactly. So, and that's what. That's that's what giving the corporations status as people, rights as people. That's another problem is over the past, I'd say, hundred years, corporations are being given more and more rights under the law. Yes. To the person to the point where I'm afraid they're gonna have full rights as US citizens. They the the amount of money that they make is astonishing. Yeah, it can it's, it can run the world over. You know, it could just keep running everything. You of could course, just pay mm. to run everything, and that uh, that's too that's too much money to give. That's too much money. Yeah, that's too much money. Agreed. They should not be they should not be that deep in politics. Neither should the church, in my opinion. But uh, they're they're both like elbow deep into um, politics. Yeah. Uh, I know. I agree. The money, you know what they should do? They should They should have a fund. Well, part of the problem is because money is recognized as a form of speech by the Supreme Court. Yeah. That's why corporations issue. are allowed to flood it. We need to amend the Constitution to say money is not free money speech. Is not money speech. is not speech. No, 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 no. You know? That's against the whole point of this exercise. Right. Is giving money. Yeah, but but everybody, there should be a government sort of fund and whatever the fund has is divided between the two, the, whoever is going to run for president nominated by their party. Yeah. And that's how much well, money they do you receive, get. Well, they do receive public funds as it is. That should be the limit of what but they... That, I 
agree. That should be the limit. That's they should the just limit. get the public funds, and that's and it. Run on the public funds. Yes, because uh, uh, once you take that that five hundred dollar check from uh, Taco Bell, corporation, exactly. Yeah. Now they're gonna you, you now they're gonna be coming to you for exactly. something. Yep. Yeah, and you may not feel like you owe them, but you owe them. Yeah. And eventually, what happens is you don't mind paying it because it's I'm on a plane. Yeah. No, they need to it's take a money. Nice life. They need to take money out of the equation. Yeah. All right. So we solved that one. <laughs> money. We now move on to our next segment. Is the root of all evil. Oh, that's good. Ooh, wow. That's a a really original thought there. (laughs) Money. But we now move on to We Like to Watch. Oh. Just to torture you. I no, it's I can't say how bad a decision. Like this is going to be in a class. Well, you were supposed to find me a new sound cue for it. You said you were going to find me a new sound cue. And did you? No, you did not. not. So therefore, we're going to have the German fairground barker. Okay. (laughs) Next week, if you don't tell me you're going to play it, so that I can leave the room. Okay, and do it. You have to leave my leaving the room on because when I listen to it, I want to know in advance. <laughs> just the same. So that when you're at home, you can leave the room. You as well. can leave the room too. No, it's an awful sound effect. It's a bad decision. It's a bad aesthetic decision. It's a bad decision for somebody who's doing a podcast. No. Good. When you find me another one, we'll get rid of it. it but bad. in the meantime, you're stuck with it. So deal with it, motherfucker. It's heavy. It's, uh... <laughs> It's bad. Eat a cookie. It's bad. No, I can't eat. It's bad. Anyway, what have you been watching this week, Thomas? I don't want to talk about it. What do you mean? That, uh, I don't want... Uh. <laughs> We're moving on. <sighs> what did I watch? What um, did you watch this week? What did I watch? No. Uh, have you been watching Only Murders in the Building? Uh, no. Oh, my God. You got to watch that show. I have not been watching... Um, Love that show. Uh, much TV. I really? Yeah. You haven't seen much of anything then? I haven't really seen much. I'm trying to think. Um, there was a new a new crime thing, a new like real life crime thing. Okay. You know, I love those. One had a hook and I saw it and I was hooked. So okay. you know, that has a, a good title, a good first case, a good you okay. know, yeah, there's hundreds of them. Yes, there are. There are plenty of them. hundreds. Yes, there are. Um and they cover all types. They they investigate uh maybe one of those. I haven't been watching too much television. Oh, okay. Good thing. I've been watching stuff I feel then. Neglectful. Oh, good. We get to hear more about you. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? What have you been watching? First, we watched a uh, ghost story movie called Uma. U M M A on Netflix. U M M A. Yeah. It ain't Uma. Uma. No, it's pronounced Uma. That's stupid. Okay. And it's uh, Sandra O oh is in it. I'm not sure if you're familiar I with her. I'm not familiar with Sandra O. Oh. But she plays this woman who's finds out her mother has died, and I guess her mother kind of like haunts her. She basically physically abused her and stuff. Okay. And now she's been given some artifacts 
knickknacks and stuff that have to be disposed of for religious rituals, and she doesn't want to. Who gave her the so like what? Her oh, uncle did. Her uncle. Okay. So wait, her mother dies. Yes. And now she like she her. left the f- the family like years earlier because of the abuse that she was suffering at the hands of her mother. Okay, so this woman who abused her dies, and right. now by religious, rights, her uncle now wants her to. She is supposed to follow through a tradition. Yes. Okay, and the tradition makes her uncomfortable. Yes. Why? Because she doesn't want to do it. She doesn't want to honor her mother Fuck or anything. This bitch. And she's also dealing with her own young daughter growing up also. Okay. But then the ghost Life. of the mother starts showing up and hijinks and problems ensue. Uh, uh, when you say hijinks, I usually think comedy. <laughs> I know. I don't fun. mean those kind of hijinks. Okay. But it's okay. It's not a great movie. It's just an okay. It didn't suck. All right. But it's not like, ooh, that was great. Okay. Uh, just right in the middle there. So okay. that was no. okay. Uma? Uma, it's called. Spelt Uma. Yep. U-M-M-A. Okay. On Netflix? That's on Netflix. Then on Amazon Prime, we watched this great movie directed by Billy Porter okay. called Anything's Possible. All right. Go it was it. basically about this trans girl in her last year of high school. Okay. And she Sounds brutal. And she starts a relationship with this boy at school who's interested in her and but the problems that ensue because of that. Really, really well done. I really it was I really, really enjoyed this movie. Good for Billy Porter. Yeah. I love all things Billy Porter. And he does a he did a great job with this. He really did. I can never remember his name. I know. Like if I have to drop if I had come up with his name, I have no I can never remember his name. Okay. But I love I love him. Well hey, he did great work with this movie. Billy I Porter, gotta say Billy that. Porter, Billy Porter. I wanna say you know they say if you say a word ten times, Billy Porter Billy Porter. I can't say it. <laughs> Billy Porter, Billy, Billy Porter, Porter, Billy Porter. Porter. No, he did not appear. Was, yeah. oh. <laughs> Bitch, why am I here? <laughs> and then lastly, we saw this limited series on Hulu called Captive Audience. What was the TV show? We're going to come back to Captive Audience. Okay. okay. Uh, I'm bringing you into my head. I guess so. It's a cartoon. Do I need a light? About a kid, group of kids. Okay. Cartoon. Animation, we're supposed to say. Mm-hmm. And um, the kid has the ghost of Duke Ellington in his in his attic. Okay. And he goes up there to get advice. And Duke, there's Duke Ellington and there's somebody else. I have never heard of this. It's, it's an animated series. It's freaking hilarious. What's it on? I'm going to research it. You go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, we'll research. Yeah, I'm going to find it. But in the meantime, we saw this limited series called Captive Audience. And it's a story of this kid named Stephen Stainer, who at age seven was kidnapped. Okay. And seven years later... He shows up again. He escaped. Okay. And he actually saved another seven-year-old kid who'd been kidnapped also. Together? They were together? What's that? They were together? Yeah. Okay. When this, when they, when they, I guess when the kidnapper brought this new, this other young kid, then this kid, Stephen Stainer, decided they both needed to run away. Uh, Let's get so they the did. Fuck out of here. So it's basically the story of the kidnapping and what happens after he gets home. And then there's a whole kicker ending to the story, which I'm not going to reveal because. No spoilers, please. No, I'm not going to give a spoiler on this one. But it involves sort of like the, I guess, indirect consequences of this kidnapping and what happens 10 years, like 20 years after the kidnapping. Something okay. happens. It's, it's, it's really well done. It's really intriguing. I wasn't, I was. Uh, 
only familiar with the uh when he they got when they brought when the kid showed up again at the age of fourteen. I remember when that happened. The rest of the story I was not familiar with at all. Uh, is it is it a true story? Yes, it's a true story. You got to open with that. Oh, I thought I made that clear. I'm sorry. You no, this, might you might have. You this might. is a true story. You might have. This is a true story. Yes, it is. Names have been changed to protect <laughs> the innocent. So that's what I watched this week. Big Mouth. And of course, no, uh, Only Murders in the Building, which is great. I can't recommend that show enough. Yeah, you posted something about something silly. Oh, uh, yeah, a line from the show last night. A line from the show. The it latest was, episode it was, was like, it was, thanks to you, we got more anonymous tips on a Penn Station glory hole. Which I think was <laughs> a brilliant, a brilliant example of writing. Right? Oh, my God. We now move on to our next segment. People saying stupid things. Okay. Shut up, Karen. You are so stupid. Yes, indeed, Karen. And, oh, my God, we've got a number of people for this week. Good. We've got two members of Congress, a former... Oh, no, I'm sorry. One member of Congress, person running for Congress, a former president, and a cop. Okay. Which one do you want to hear first? Um... Let's start with the cop. Oh, the cop. That's a good one. In April, a Cincinnati policewoman named Rose Valentino was caught on a body cam spewing the N-word. She was upset because cars were backed up in a parking lot, and I guess she got out at one point to ask the cars to move, and there was some 16-year-old teenager in the area who flipped who flipped the bird at her. Okay. So she got pissed and started calling under her breath and saying an effing N-word and using all these expletives. Okay. Say that word again. Expletives. 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 Not expletives. Maybe maybe it is expletives. I always said expletives. I could be wrong. It's how I think before. people I were confused and stopped listening when you said that. <laughs> now they're going expletives. Did he? Okay. Expletives. I think it's expletives. What do I know? I'm not an English major. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> PH. Uh, what's the ESQ? What's that? Yes. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Anyway, when she uh, got reported on for this, and she spoke to the uh, Cincinnati Police's Internal Investigations Unit, and she said that she doesn't use racial slurs and has no racial biases. She also said that the using the phrase effing N-word was not intended to refer to all African Americans, but That's was specific. And narrowly in reference to the teenager walking down the sidewalk after school. Huh? The, the officer also said that she had been desensitized to racially offensive language by music and hearing people talk on the street. Okay, so it's okay because... <laughs> I was only saying it about one of them. Yeah, I only mean that one. And, and all the music says it all the time. Yeah, and it's the music's fault. Yes, right? Blame the music. Blame the music, blame the people who talk when I'm around. Yep. Yeah, okay. Good for it. It's like, honey... Unless you're black, there is no context no, at all ever. in which you can use the N word. No, no. None. None. No, you just don't. Just don't. Just don't stop in the middle if you have to. Right. That's how bad it is. Yes. Like you like don't finish it. It's bad. It's bad. You're gonna get your ass kicked. <laughs> yeah. It's bad. Definitely. Okay. But it's it, <laughs> yeah. God. So stupid. Yeah. So stupid. That's one stupid cop. Stupid cop. So who do you want to hear about next? The congressman, the candidate, or the former president? I want to hear about the congressman. The congressman. That would be Congressman Matt Gates from oh, Florida. Oh. He was speaking at the Turning Point USA conference on Saturday, and he asked the crowd, why is it that the women with the least likelihood of getting pregnant I love are this. the ones most worried about having abortions? Nobody wants to impregnate you if you look like a thumb. 
<laughs> These people are odious from the inside out. They're like five foot two, 350 pounds, and they're like, give me my abortions or I'll get up and march and protest. Uh, okay, so... so. <laughs> This, of course, is the man who's currently under federal investigation for the alleged sex trafficking of a 17-year-old girl. And who is, what's his current job? Congressman. From? Florida. Okay, so we're going to have to call this episode, like, um... Florida Man episode? No, no, it's, it's like, uh, thanks, Florida, thanks to Florida for this, or thanks to Florida, this, this, this episode dedicated, brought to you by, this episode brought to you, brought by, to you by, Florida. by Florida, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so no wait no this guy this guy I can't just uh, how do you, I, I worry about the type of person who, who between writing and starting writing it person who from this point he starts to write yep okay now the person I'm worried about continues to write it okay and then there's another person I'm concerned about who continues to write it and then presses send <laughs> yes it's, a, it's I'm worried about the person the, that thought process I'm worried about that imp <coughs> that impulse yeah I don't trust in uh, uh, a grown-up. No. And not in a government official. Definitely not. Definitely not. So there's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> What's the solution? What's the solution, Patrick? <laughs> if I only knew. We all know what the solution well, is. Well, vote That's about it. That's about it. But this is Florida we're talking about. Yeah, this episode brought to you by... Oh, God. And uh, The Sunshine State. Tell me, home of Anita Bryant. Tell me his name again. Yeah, go, go, go. Matt Gates. Going back decades. Matt Gates. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, who is it now? The candidate or the former president? It's got to be the former president. Okay. President Donald, former president Donald Trump. Number 45. Yep. At the uh, conference on Saturday, he said Wait, that... at the conference on Saturday? The Turning Point USA conference that I've been talking about. This is where they almost all of them said these, this stuff. Okay. But at this conference, he said that after he flew to Iraq aboard Air Force One, that he wanted to give himself the Medal of Honor, the country's highest award for military valor in action, but was told he wasn't allowed to. I'm as, sorry. As president, I wanted to give myself a Congressional Medal of Honor, but they wouldn't let me do it. They said it would be inappropriate. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, the Congressional Medal of Honor represents values of bravery, courage, sacrifice, and integrity, and is only awarded for military valor in action. Trump avoided the military draft with five deferments, four for college, and the last one for bone spurs. I'm sorry, I needed a factory reset. <laughs> it's the absolute chutzpah. Yeah, chutzpah is the word for it. Mary employee, thank God, she delivered that one way, she was a high school theater director. The chutzpah she said to the cast, brilliantly, I'll never forget it and I'll never not give her credit. To think that you can give yourself a pardon, you can just decide, I don't want to show you my tactics. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me that, yeah, she's my daughter, yes, none of that nepotism, none of that uh, shame free and uh, yeah the the absolute goal to think that he deserves that, that, that medal it's that an, he can give insult. it to himself it's an insult to every member of the armed forces past and present and that goes without you know? saying that doesn't even need to be stated anybody with uh, 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 can see that I'm saying to give it to himself that 
that type of person. That person. Yeah. That's a dangerous... I, why can't I give myself... That's sort that? of like Napoleon crowning himself emperor. Uh, yeah. I've, well, that seemed more like a, like a title change. Then I flew in Air Force One over Iraq. And so I deserve the presidential... The medal, congressional medal. The congressional medal of honor. Uh, yeah. No, but he can't get... Does, he doesn't give that to himself. Congress gives that That's something. Yeah, it's awarded by... I think he, it, it's... It, it's Nominated by the president, awarded by Congress. Okay, so my whole anger about him giving it to himself is... Did he say he was going to give it to himself? No, he wanted to, but he was advised that would be inappropriate. He said it out loud. Yep, he said it out loud. Somebody advised him not to say... He had, He said it out loud? Yeah. Okay. And lastly, the candidate now. The candidate. This is J.D. Vance. I'm sure you've heard of him. He's running for, I believe, the U.S. Senate. From where? Um, oh. Is it Michigan? I forget what state he's running in now. All right, go ahead. But anyway, it was he was, it was they were they found that he gave a talk to a California high school in uh -oh. September of last year, and he started off with saying that this is one of the great tricks that I think the sexual revolution pulled on the American populace, which is the idea that like, well, okay, these marriages were fundamentally, you know, that maybe they were even violent, but certainly they were unhappy, and so getting rid of them and making it easier for people to shift spouses, like they change their underwear, that's going to make people happier in the long term, and maybe it worked out for the moms and dads. So I'm skeptical. But it really didn't work out for the kids of those marriages. And that's what I think all of us should be honest about. Is we've run this experiment in real time. And that we have a lot is a very... What we have is a lot of very, very real family dysfunction. That's making our kids unhappy. You bring a lot of misery into my life. Because I don't hear these things anywhere else. That's what I'm here for. To, e to educate you. And I come to you. I know. It's like therapy. <laughs> it's worse. You go, you go to somebody so that they can make you feel... Bad things. Yes, but this is a man who thinks you know staying in marriage, even if it's a violent one, now, now, is better for the kids. I have when actually all the statistics prove just the opposite. I I, I have to say there are certain I, I have a certain thought about marriage. Okay, okay, it's not popular with you. It's not okay. W what? <laughs> no, my opinion. My thoughts on marriage are not popular. Oh, uh, okay. Seven year renewable contracts. <laughs> Okay, where, because let's face it, it's when, if it ends, when it ends, that it ends, even if somebody dies and that's how it ends, is a legal fucking nightmare, right? So, let's agree that we're going to go into these arrangements for seven years. Okay. And seven years later, we'll sit back down and we'll say, you want to do this again or no? We have this contract and we're going to do it like it. And then, no, let's do it again. And then, so they sign so the you contract. So, you want marriage to be a renewable contract? Uh, yes. Okay. A renewable contract between the couple and the state and the couple and the couple and the couple and whoever it has to be with the guy whatever it is right so whatever it is so it could be uh yeah okay yeah seven year renewable contracts well, yeah i think it's a good idea okay good luck getting that passed oh no. <laughs> well what's amazing is this guy's talking about oh it's you know, better to stay together in a violent marriage for the kids. And this guy wrote in his book, Hillbilly Elegy, about his grandparents' marriage being violent. And it's like, what is wrong with you, you fucking idiot? Especially when you would say that their violent marriage affected you, you know? So what can you assume about that person from what you're saying? You're either a fucking hypocrite or you're a fucking idiot. I guess. It's just astonishing. It's astonishing. Yeah, I said the word twice. Astonishing. Astonishing. Uh, it's a song I hate. But uh, anyway, um, astounding. Ah, ah, that they say these things out loud. Yep. It's so stupid. Yes. It's and, so stupid. And that is why we say to all of them, Stupid! You're so stupid! Yeah. <laughs>
right? It's, yeah. it's, it's, that's all in one week. That's just amazing. Who's advising these people? I, run, I know. Run that shit by somebody. Right? Don't press send. Yes. Oh, God. Okay. Anyway, we now move on to our next segment. Give it to me, Julie. Whiskers on kittens, like copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. I think you have. I think. Uh, I think it's a beat off. You think it's a beat off? Yeah, you should let the thunder continue until right before the song comes. Back. Oh, okay. If you're gonna play all, talk of to it, my producer. Okay. It's just bad sound editing. Is oh, excuse me. It's just I don't know. I'll talk to him when you give me the new sound cue for we like to watch. And and it, it's too long. I maintain the cue is still too long. <laughs> Um, okay, so I like this one. Uh, yes, today's I, topic I actually, is our five favorite summer movies, which included either movies that we saw in the summertime or movies that take place in the summertime. There are certain movies that, although they don't take place necessarily on the beach, are summer movies because they were yes these early black and I have movies, movies like that. Uh, that that the part the the part of it was that it was in the summer. Yes, part of the marketing part of it, we're going to release this in the summer. The summer was in Jaws. Okay, I'm sorry. Hold on. The term blockbuster, right, comes from, and I'm going to say Jaws. Yes, Jaws um, was the first the blockbuster. first blockbuster, and the the word comes from that the lines to get tickets at the movie theaters would surround an entire city block. Yes. So, and that's interrupting the local businesses and whatever, but it was, a, you know, a blockbuster. So, that is an event. Those summer, summer blocks. Jaws was my first one on my list. But that takes place at a beach. You could, you could, And I saw Jaws when it came out. Yeah. I saw it with my brother's then girlfriend, later his wife, and we caught a matinee of it. It was great. Yeah. You know? It was great. I was, what, uh, 13 years old yeah. when I saw it. It was an amazing movie. Right. Really is right. so yeah so that was the first one on my list okay has to be you okay. know the granddaddy of summer movies to me excellent what was your first choice i'm gonna bounce off of yours and say uh streetcar named desire really talking stanley daddy in his t-shirt <laughs> uh, yeah yeah okay streetcar named desire wow absolutely i Damn. love that movie i love that movie i love that movie cool i have another surprise for you coming up next okay i'll give you my second one number two Poltergeist. Okay. I saw that in the summer of 1982 when it, it came out. It was that summer's movie. And that, that, what, yes. what made it a great summer movie, it's like it's a roller coaster ride of a movie. It really is. It's just up and down with everything that happens in that and movie. And you just can't And that's what you that. want sometimes in a summer movie. Yeah, you can't you know? do that in like, in like a Christmas movie. You no, you can't. You that, can't have that during that time. And, you and know? during that February to March, what the fuck you got going on there? So. Right, no. But and the not, summertime? Yeah. yeah. Summer so, movie, yeah, yeah, Poltergeist was the, that's one of my best favorite summer movies. Okay. What's your second choice? You kill a Mockingbird. Really? Oh my God. It takes place in the summer. Yes, it does. One of my favorite movies of all time. Okay. Okay, good choice. I wasn't expecting those kind of choices from you. Well, you're not going to get the rest. That's, it was just pretty much those two. Uh, okay. Well, my next choice is actually not the original movie, but a remake made in 1985 of The Long Hot Summer. Wait. The original had Paul Newman and I think Burl Ives and 
Joanne Woodward. And then it was remade in 1985 with Don Johnson. No, okay, no, no. Okay, go ahead. And, uh, it's it's a really good movie. What's it called? Uh, the Long Hot Summer. Okay. Sybil Shepard was in it. Uh, Jason Robards was in it, playing like a big daddy type of character. Okay, so can we stop for a second? Yes, we can. Okay. Uh, going back in a, uh, a segment or two, oh, I was talking about a ghost, the ghost of Duke Ellington. Yes. Living in this kid's attic. Yes. And he goes to him for advice. Yes. And the show itself is called Big Mouth. Big Mouth. Big Mouth. It's on Netflix. It's animated. It's really, really funny. I'll have to look for that. Um. Yeah, it's... it's very funny. Okay. It's worth looking at. Okay. Okay. Are we at my number two yet? Uh, my, uh, no, this will be your number three. My number three. Um, uh, Dirty Dancing. Ah! That was next on my list. <laughs> yeah. Great summer movie. I saw it in the theaters when it came out back in 1987. Patrick Swayze in tight pants. Oh, my God. You know? What more could you ask for? Uh, and it takes place in the summertime up in the Catskills. In summer camp. Yep. So, yeah. Great movie. Great soundtrack. Speaking of a summer camp. Oh, wait. you Did you have to do your fourth? That was my fourth. So now we're going to go on to your fourth. Camp. Camp. Really? Good movie. A whole bunch of nerdy theater kids at yeah. summer camp. Yeah, it's, a mu- it's a musical theater camp they Steve, go to. Steven Sondheim gets out of the car. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yes, he makes a cameo in the movie. Camp. That movie speaks to me. Okay. That's a good one. And your last one? My last one. Before I give you my last one, I have two honorable mentions. Oh, so you get seven. So I get seven, okay, yes. Go, go ahead. Hey, you've done that a few times on our five phase. Uh, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, you have. I have. My honorable mentions are on a film from 1993 called The Sandlot. Okay. It's about this new kid who moves into this neighborhood in the summertime and hangs out with the other neighborhood kids and they play baseball in this sandlot area. Dennis Leary's in it. James Earl Jones is in it. It it reminded me of my summers as a kid and hanging out with the other neighborhood kids back then. Really good movie. I never saw it in the theater. I, I didn't see it until it was on cable, on cable TV. But Nothing. really good movie. Good. Yeah. Good. I definitely recommend that. This does not appeal to me at all. And also, I had to I had to have as an honorable mention, It. Okay. Probably because I read the book, It. It's a great book to read in the summertime, first of all. It takes place in the summertime. I don't like the original TV series, but the latest movie versions I really enjoyed a lot. Those were really, really well, really well done. Okay. So those were my honorable mentions. But for my last choice, it's a film by David Lynch called Wild at Heart from no. 1990. No and idea. it's about this Nicolas Cage plays at this character who like emulates Elvis Presley and he has this girlfriend played by Laura Dern and they run off together against her mother's wishes she doesn't she and she wants to have him killed so she sends people after him to get them killed and it relates to the summertime because it takes place in the summertime it takes place in the summertime and they're going across the hot United States okay has the great line you got me hotter than Georgia asphalt oh dear <laughs> Great line. I have lived in something. And it's it's not one of David Lynch's best films, but it's a definitely great David Lynch summer film. It is so out there with some of the things it does. That's funny. There are even these like Wizard of Oz references all during the movie. It's it's really kind of off the wall, even for David Lynch. So that was my fifth choice. Interesting. What's your fifth choice? In the Heights. Ah, Lin Manuel. In the Heights. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, it ta- of course, the movie takes place in the summertime. It takes place uh, 
over not a few days, it's like a weekend. Um, uh, and they changed it from the from the uh, the musical, which I love. It's a great music. I love the musical. So I'm a huge fan of In Heights and uh, the movie. Um, he had somebody else directed the movie. The guy who did um, the 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 Chinese the Chinese guy who did the other. Come on, man, help me. I don't know what you're talking about. The director, he did a musical beforehand, but a, a very... Oh, you know what? Fuck you, I'm going to make you wait. I'm going to wait. You're going to go look it up. I'm gonna, because you're not looking it up, so I didn't, I'm going to have to... I didn't even want to look it up. That I'm going to put my cell phone... <laughs> So I'm you're going to look it up. I'm going to look it up because fuck Be you. Be my guest. So I'm going to go to Chrome. I you go to Chrome, baby. Alan Tinner. And what was I going to come about? Oh, In the Heights. The film. Uh, In the Heights. Any day uh, now. 2021. Washington Heights. Release date director John M. Chu. John M. Chu coming straight off of... Uh, I gave that a little bit too early. Oh, uh, he, he's... He, uh, never mind. <laughs> John Chu had just done another movie. I thought I was going to be able to pop it right back up. He's doing the Wicked movie. Okay. Okay. Um, and he had done a movie just before In Nights. And he did, they changed it and they, the way they changed it was nice and it made a great movie. Okay. And it was, it was uh, one of my favorite summer movies. Okay. I, I am, you are such a dick right now. You are. <laughs> Why am you I really a are. dick? I'm sitting here listening intently to you. Uh, yes. What would you have me do? I'd have you choke on a chicken leg. <laughs> I will tolerate us moving on to the next segment. Yes, we will move on to our next segment now. Get off my lawn. Oh. Did you hear me? I said get off my lawn. Yeah. Yes, it's time for the grumpy old gay man gripe of the week. Okay, you have to do first. Um, I really don't have a gripe this week. Why do we do this segment? Well, because usually you have something to gripe about. Yeah, not always. And plus, it's expected that since we're grumpy old gay men that we do have a gripe. Yeah, and it's, uh, yeah. It is I mean, my only gripe is I auditioned for a show. I haven't heard back yet, you know? Well, well that's, that's, about that's every actor. <laughs> Yeah. That's well, every actor. You have to quite more. I'm chewing. Oh, you're chewing? Mm -hmm. You can talk through your chewing. I'm sure you've had things in your mouth before that you were still able to communicate. Back then, I used my ass. Uh. All right. <laughs> It's a bad day. Yes, you had a bad it's day. It's a bad day. So um, uh, I'm I'm going to gripe about the bad days that just kick you in the nuts. Yes. Kick you right in the chest. Those can be the worst days. So fuck kind of days. Yeah. That's my gripe. Days like that. Okay. Okay. That's fair enough. Good. Let's move on. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> well, this was a very short segment then of Grumpy Old Game and Gripe of the Week. That's funny to you? Yes. Okay. I mean, you're here now in the Zen Room. That should put you in a happy state of mind. How have I seemed to you all night? Um... Shut up. I don't want to hear you. <laughs> move on. Moving on. We are now at the finale of tonight's episode. Okay. What are your plans for the weekend, Tomas? Well, actually, the one theater is dark. Okay. The big one. Yes. Um, the, the small one may have... Um, that would be the Bayway Arts Center, The correct? Bayway Arts Center is dark this weekend. Yes. Madness Studio Theater in uh, on South Wildwood Road in Lindenhurst. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, is, having a com is hosting a comedy, a Long Island comedy event. Ooh. So, uh, I will be working the Friday one. Okay. Saturday night, my nephew is they're having a barbecue for my nephew. I'm going over there. Well, that's excellent. Sunday, I'm going to, I don't know. You don't know? I'm not working. Oh, enjoy your day off then. I'm going to try. As you should. And what are you doing? 
We are actually going upstate this weekend. We have to. Our friend Liz and her husband invited us to their home in upstate New York. Wow. Yes. To their house? Like, yes, they like have a house upstate. They didn't rent you a hotel room and we'll meet you. <laughs> no, 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 no. They're actually welcoming us into their home. Okay. And, and who are these people? They're, uh, it's our friend Liz. And she's a friend of ours from Long Island Theater. Liz? Liz and who? her husband. Liz Zimmerman. No, I don't know her. Oh, you who, don't know her? Who's her husband? Her husband's name is Chris. Chris Zimmerman? Yes. I don't know. He's her. not involved in theater. Okay, good for But him. she is. Okay. Okay. So they're, they're having you as guests in their home upstate. Yes. Where upstate? I'm not sure exactly. Okay. But basically two hours north of here. Nice. Yes. Is it like a like a lake house? I is don't it... know. I won't know until we actually see it. How do you pack without knowing? Is it a beach Well, house? we know it's going to be house? upstate. So we know it'll be in the woods. Oh, so, so... Uh, so it's woods. Yes. Okay. Yes, yeah, so it'll be a wooded area. Oh, so you need, you need your mosquito masks. Yes. Uh, your tents. Yes. Mosquito gowns. <laughs> I'll bring my beekeepers out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someplace <laughs> like that, I'll sit in New York in the fucking woods. Any, any one of a thousand million places in the northeast of the United States at this time to go into the woods. Yes. You should not do it without you covered yourself in mosquito netting. Not spray. <laughs> not those convenient wipes to keep those pesky. No. You're in the jungle. Now you're in the you're, you're in Wear the, a tent. This is exactly right. <laughs> This is the, the insect's land right here. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, put a tent on. <laughs> mosquito tent. I'm just giving advice. Very helpful advice it is. Uh, maybe not for everybody. Maybe but, not, but it's yeah. out there now. You should really design them in, like, jumpsuits. Like, yeah. Oversized really bad. Because this way, everybody could just step into it. Yes. Tighten at the bottom, tighten at the bottom, tighten at the wrist, tighten at the wrist, zip up the front, put the hat, put the, the mask on, and off you go with the silly hat. That's a novel idea. You should go invest in it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this brings us to the conclusion of our show. Remember, you can always go to our website, grumpyoldgayman.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. And I can't think of anything else to say. Can you think of anything else to say, Tommy? Bye, bitches. Well, we don't have to say it yet say that after I say have a good night have a good week have a good life and we'll see you next time you asked me <laughs> I guess I did if I had something to say <laughs> my next cue so that was your that was it that was your only contribution Bye, you could contribute nothing more to the conversation I'm I'm on the bitches side right now and it should be over ah so I uh, will leave you to your cantankerousness um go ahead <laughs> I'll wait for the right cue I didn't realize go ahead well good night dudes Oh, uh, <laughs> wow. Have a good night. Have a good week. Have a good life. And we'll see you next time. Sorry, bitches. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha